Hello, I'm Brad. And I'm Jason. You are listening to Dice in My Mind. You know, we really have to, I keep saying this, I don't know how many episodes back into February, even January, even December, where I've said we really need to get gaming again. But we get, yeah. we get, we get so wrapped up in this podcast, it's hard to do it. But the it's problem is, is, yeah, we have to, we have to experience what we're talking about. Um, I bring that up because um, I was just going through uh, Jeff Ashworth's books again. Yes. Um, yes. Because so yeah, and we we have we you know world building is always something um, we've that, talked about. You and I love we're, it. Yep, and we're going to talk about it in the future. Um, we can get caught up in world building so much that you f- you almost forget that you're building to play a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it's just you and I playing, um, I almost overkilled it on the world building. But at some point, I do want to. Wait, I don't wait, I'm publish sorry. a book. You, you didn't. Well, I want okay. I want to hear this, but I want to just clarify for our audience. You didn't overkill it. You almost killed my PC. There's a yeah. difference. No, Go no, on. I did both. I did both. <laughs> okay. And one of them was your fault because you couldn't use. Uh, I was, I was doing throwing I, axes. Well, well, it was my fault because I, I, I wasn't adding my mods. Well, no, that was my yeah. fault that I didn't tell you. Yeah. Okay. Mods. Okay. But yeah. but point being is, you still suck at throwing. Um, also true. Throwing Huzzah. axes. Yes. And then, and then the I, infamous... I throw fl- uh, torches really that is, well. That is the, that is the reoccurring. We'll, we'll bring that up every couple <laughs> episodes, you and the throwing torches, but yeah. I have gone back to Jeff's books and um, to some others about uh, Tim Woods as well. Yes. Um, yeah. Tim's and have great. been doing some refinement around the world. And the problem is, is if we don't, if we don't get in there, then I go in and tweak a little more. And then yeah, I've right. been using um, Arc and Forge and um, yeah. been working on um, some of the redone maps. You had an early map done, but that's I'm retconning that a little bit that you'll find Good out to know. later on. Good so to know. That's your that's your teaser. Um, but <laughs> I it, it's just so funny how there have been there are so many resources, even just recently. I shouldn't say recently. It was back in February. Um, yeah, pretty recent. They, yeah, they had a um, um, buy three for two. In effect, buy two get one free in on Amazon. Yeah, and yeah, I remember lot, this. Yeah, and a lot of the Wizards D and D books were a lot. Part of it. Yeah, yeah. So I was able to almost complete <laughs> my five E set. There's, there's, oh my God. there's like. Two, one or two books that I have not picked up and I cannot re- remember what they are. That's right. Cause you sent me the photo. Yeah. Of the expanded collection. That was a lot of source books. Yeah. There's and adventure and, books. Yeah. Yeah. And, and normally you and I have talked about this before on here. I'm not as big of a collector of adventure books as I am of source books, but yep. what's interesting with some of these adventure books is they have source book material in them. Right. So I was torn and I'm like, well, there's there's some good source material in here, you know. Um, it's a sale. It's been yeah. a few minutes since I've bought anything. Yeah. So yeah. and luckily Angela's not listening. Exactly. So um, I was able to. <laughs> Everyone cheaply. that that that's Brad's wife and comptroller. Just to be yeah, clear. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. CFO. Yeah. Um, yes. So um, I was able to um, pick up some of those um, when. Yeah um modifius um uh, retired end of life end of life not necessarily the best grammar um yeah, yeah. the mutant chronicles uh-huh. i picked up some material for yeah. that to complete my collection um you know and so and here um, i i've been saying i'm going to buy something for like three weekends in a row yeah you're so and i have but I well, look at uh i'm going out tomorrow because i've been you know, you, you and I know I've got a system down and it's yeah. been successful. So I'm actually going tomorrow up to the source, my local favorite RPG store. And in, in what city? Just to give them a little bit of plug. Oh, in it's a very good question. In in the Twin Cities, specifically in Roseville, okay. uh, just north of St. Paul. 
right? I can be up there fairly quickly. They're a wonderful store. Uh, they know we love them. And, uh, and we'll put it in the show notes too. And you uh, still, and you still owe me a virtual tour, by the way. I, um, I will bring my phone tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, it's time for me to buy something. Probably D&D. Yeah. Yeah, I, I figured that much because yeah. there's, I mean, we, let's go back to something we started talking about a couple months back. And that is, um, you know, this idea, and we've probably talked about it since then, this idea of me wanting to, thanks to Vox Machina, I want to play a bard. Yeah. I want to play GM a PC that. bard. Oh and my you God, GM so it, badly. But you want to GM it in the Star Trek universe. Which, yes, I do. Which, which, you know, you've probably I'm working on it before. And we'll talk up. Well, this is going to be one where you're going to hear uh, Jason and I love to debate from different points of view, but it is never from um, it's, it's not a polemic type of argument. We, we have, we have different points of view, but we come at it from the direction of, okay, I need to understand your perspective. You need to understand mine. What's the truth. Yep. And it's too bad not to get political. It's too bad more people don't do that and yeah, just right. and just stand on their that's right. belief and not want to understand. Yeah. Um, but getting so, back to DND, I I will say whatever the back, whatever the world, okay, mm-hmm. even if it ends up being DND, that's fine. You are going to play a bard. And when you give me the word, and I mean this, when you give me the word, I'm going to sit down and write a one-shot for you and and your your sidekick so you're gonna have to come up with that and 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 the the bard and vox machina obviously um if you haven't watched it don't watch it with your children it's it's a it's it's more of a mature audience type of show but when he plays the music um it's a lot of times like metal and rock and roll it's it's so clever yeah and and so you know it it just got me um because you're totally you're totally scanlon that's always been you oh yeah oh yeah 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 i i mean that's one of those situations like going back to what shelly massanoble told us playing a character unlike yourself yeah um and scanlon the type of character playing a bard um i'm excited because i get to play someone beside myself but Mm -hmm. you know we have all this, there is a rich amount of material out there that isn't necessarily Wizards of the Coast, bless their hearts. No, the third party um, stuff is incredible. The third party stuff's incredible and it drives, it drives, it drives a lot of 5e development. You know, we've had Tim on, we've had Jeff on, um, you know, um, I just got an update that uh, Jeff's third book is the Amazon's all over the date, you know, and obviously it's up to, yeah. I just looked actually while we were recording. It's in June now. Yeah, for, for Jeff's third. That that was pushed back. I think quite a bit. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And um, I have it on pre-order. So as soon as it actually releases, you've I'll had it on it. pre-order for months and months. I and had months. it on pre-order before. Right before we even interviewed Jeff. Yeah, it's been a long time. Yeah. So, um, but there's material, like I said, between Jeff and oh, Tim, yeah. even beyond that, if you go out to the Twitterverse and you look up D and D and you look up, mm-hmm. you know, you hashtag RPG, you hashtag D and D or D and D five. Yeah. Just a good Google search. Yeah. There is really good material out yeah. there. There had, there was, and you beat me to this. This wasn't, uh, and, and it wasn't, it, you came across this, I think at a bookstore, didn't you? Um, well, we're, we're, we're heading toward the interview now. Yes. Yeah. We're heading toward the interview. Um, so, okay. I have to think for a sec, Brad, I, the material we're talking about, we'll get to it, but yeah, it's I must really, have. really good material. And you'll talk about before mm-hmm. we start kind of the unique way it's written. Yeah. You want me to do that right now? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So yeah. no, no, no. That's really good. poor attempt so, at cueing you. Uh, you know, I, 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 I stand cute, sir. Okay. Yeah. So. I boy, I it's been it's been a while since I encountered these books. Um, oh, you know what? I think I actually might have seen these books at the source. I think that's right. Um, I, I don't remember how I encountered them. We we are talking about the books by Keith Amon. And so I I was first attracted to his slim book on pc guidance right this was i was i was very new 
very new to D and D at the time. Was really that live new. to tell the tale? Live to tell the tale. Yes. Yeah. Um, live to tell the tale, which is still my favorite of his three books, uh, though I have torn through all three of them. Uh, I read this, and I, I remember, I remember I would be reading it, thinking about our game because I found this really shortly after you had finally gotten me into D and D. And you know, we let's be honest, we weren't playing very well. Um, no, you no. were you were new at GMing D and D. I was totally new at playing D and D. I was new uh, all, at GMing. We were both flying blind. Yeah, but it was I, still fun. It, oh, it was lots of fun. All I had to go off of was um, our our few times playing Pathfinder One E because obviously it's 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 kindred spirit here with the mechanic, and um, and listening to a lot of Glass Cannon podcast, and so I had kind of a an introductory knowledge of the mechanics, but like you said a few minutes ago, um, my PC's axe throwing skills were suboptimal, <laughs> even though that was like one of the characters, like yeah. really notable skills. Yeah. Um, uh, so I read, I started reading uh, Keith Amon and it's like, oh, well, this is brilliant. So basically that short book is written as like a little warfare guide, a battle guide for PCs, like step-by-step. Step. However, what Keith is really, really known for, really known for are his other two books. Um, the, yeah. the, 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 the first of his books. So Live to Tell the Tale is actually the second book. His first one is The Monsters Know What They're Doing. And then his relatively recent release is the, sequel to that more monsters know what they're doing and um i cannot overstate how much i've enjoyed all of them as as you'll hear in our interview forthwith keith has written these books in my opinion almost as natural histories and so the the premise of his argument in these two books is that any given monster has presumably evolved to behave and of course, you know, fight in its, you know, quote unquote, natural environment. So outside of, um, outside of like some of the uh, elementals and stuff like that, which she gets into, look, okay, this is a little different. Outside of that, any of the monsters in D&D, and there are so many monsters in D&D, they should, they should behave as indicated in their stat block and in their feats, et cetera. And so he goes through them in this book, creature by creature, monster by monster, and like like explains, this is how they ought to behave. This is why. And he even like calls out, right? He calls out canon when he when when there's clearly not been sufficient thought behind okay this is what the stat block says but this is then the the um what am i thinking here brad this is then the flavor text that they add yes and um anyways uh we we have as you will hear we had a really interesting chat recently with keith uh regarding his creative process his thought process around these books how he got started it's all really interesting but i think the the short of it is brad and i cannot stress enough how highly we recommend these three books if you want to just geek out hardcore around DD, even if you don't want to play much these books are worth the read what what would you add to that brad before we jump in I would, I, I will personally say, you know, you'd mentioned the books. I had so much to read that I said, I will, I will definitely get to them um, and got sidetracked. And then um, you reminded me a couple of weeks later, cause I think at the time you were, you were traveling and mm-hmm. was reading mm-hmm. while you were traveling. That's right. And so I'm like, okay, I need to do this um, because if you highly recommend a book to me, you have never recommended something to me that I didn't also find worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah. So for you, you're my, you're my litmus test for, uh, good literature. And so, you know, 
when you're to, when you like you said you tore through that book and you use that phrasing with me i'm like okay i need to get into this so i sat down um over a couple nights read the first book was fascinated by it yeah and then um i haven't i haven't finished more monsters yet but going yeah, through monsters big. no yeah they're big tomes mm-hmm. and you'll hear keith talk about his creative process and why yeah. he did what he did yeah we'll forgive keith that he's from chicago being us from wisconsin so oh i you know i was yeah we'll just let that go keep yeah that, yeah that wasn't even i loved going to chicago when i was i kid. know i know sorry keith just a, that was a milwaukee <laughs> a milwaukee wisconsinite shot at chicago and illinois um there's always a little bit of competition for those of you not in the area between milwaukee and chicago whether that's it's true sports teams or other chicago is a beautiful town yeah. um but um fascinating material oh material man. that that really can um, and you'll hear this really can improve upon your DMing in terms of looking at the behavior of these, these NPCs and these monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, I find this, I was kind of alluding to it at the beginning, great reference when I'm designing now because of it, even though I haven't been reading through more monsters, I look at them almost temporarily as an encyclopedia. And that's, as we'll hear, that's how yeah. he wrote them, right? This yeah. is why he wrote these books. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just echo that Brad, as we transition here that that reading these books it just so puts you into the world of dnd um truly immersive stuff okay with that let's let's head over keith Amon has been a dungeons and dragons player and dm for more than 30 years he has been writing his fifth edition dnd focused blog the monsters know what they're doing since 2016 Notably, he is the author of The Monsters Know What They're Doing, Combat Tactics for DMs, Live to Tell the Tale, Combat Tactics for PCs, and the recently released More Monsters Know What They're Doing. Keith lives in Chicago, as you've heard. All right, everybody. Well, we are here with you again today to have the joy of talking with Keith Amon, who is the author of uh, some of our, certainly some of my favorite RPG-related books. Um, I, I actually, Keith, had, this is sad but true, I, I had slightly adjusted my bookshelf around the gaming area because when I knew the second one was coming out, or well, the second <laughs> monster book was coming out, and I saw that it was even longer, you knew, right? You knew you were going to need to make some space for it. I knew that I was going to make some space for it, and I mean, they look they look beautiful. So we'll get we'll get the the silliness out of the way that um we we really really enjoy the books. While I am partial to live to tell the tale, um just because it's this elegant slim volume that actually did make a difference in how I play. Brad is oh, able wonderful. to to hurt my character that much less often thanks to that book. <laughs> um it really opened up my eyes though even playing Star Wars and everything just why haven't I always been thinking about it like this? What, what, I, what we're really curious about is the two tomes of, of the monsters know what they're doing and more monsters know what they're doing. To me, they read like natural history. I mean, when I, and I, I mean that in the, in the most glorious possible way, when I read them, it's like, this could be a Nova or nature special. Huh. Um, and I mean, the fact that you've kept me and many readers interested for my God, how many pages between the two of these 12, 1300. Um, And it's just monster after monster after monster. So what we're very curious about, what I'm very curious about is how did you come up with your approach to analysis? It's certainly different and deeper than what we've seen anywhere else. Well, I guess we are what we eat, huh? I mean, I've definitely watched enough PBS in my lifetime uh, <laughs> and listened to enough NPR. But um, how did I come up with the approach? I really, it's uh, my writing style, regardless of what I'm writing about, tends to be uh, a lot of thinking through my fingers, thinking on paper, thinking on screen. Um I, I tend to write in a pretty stream of consciousness way. Now, I'm fortunate that I've also got a, uh, a very 
organized mind, I guess, conceptually organized mind. And so it comes pretty naturally for me to organize my writing on the fly. And I don't often find myself having to um, uh, do any large scale movement of blocks of text around. I, I generally am pretty good at saying things in the, in the order they need to be said. Um, but uh, yeah, really it, it's very much kind of just my starting from the top of the stat block and working my way down to the bottom and uh and, and already having some ideas, uh, particularly now that I've, I've been honing this for a few years, having some ideas about what each part means. Um, you know, the more of these you read through, the more you begin to see the patterns emerge and to be able to recognize without having to think about it anymore. Mm -hmm. Uh, oh yeah. Perception plus stealth equals ambush predator or, um, mm -hmm. uh, um, you know, 15 wisdom means they're going to be cautious about getting into a fight and ready and willing to get out of one if they think they're losing and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, what uh, combinations to watch out for involving debilitating conditions, which debilitating conditions are uh, have the most impact on the fight based on whether they confer advantage or impose disadvantage. Um. So there's all that, um, but I also, I like to have a, uh, a kind of conversational mm -hmm. style in my writing. Um, it's didactic, but it's the didacticism of a teacher who really likes his students, I guess, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and it's like, yeah. okay, you know, we're, we're, we're all having fun here. Let's have fun with this. Um, there are some things that are worthy of our reverence. There are some things that are worthy of our irreverence and we're going to give them both what they deserve. So, um, so I, I, I guess that's where it all comes from. I think both of those approaches are more obvious in this third book, certainly the second monster than the first monster where there's the, that just that subtle humor the whole way. Cause it is very conversational. Um, but also like in, in more monsters, your ostensible willingness to call out even the creators behind some of these monsters are saying, okay, this doesn't really work. Here's what I think. And now let's play with it. Right. And it's even more, it, I, I, I just find that very engaging. It's, it's like, well, here's the kind of freedom to be in this world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I were actually working for wizards of the coast, I would not have that freedom. And, uh, I relish the uh, I relish the the uh, liberties that that being a third party writer allows me to take. Yeah, yeah. When you know, for for the few of that are listening that may not have read or may not know yeah. of your books, what was the what was the genesis behind you you going down this path of starting it, to write? It it well, I've I've worked as a writer before, and I've worked as an editor, so I've got I've got quite a few years as a language professional under my belt. So writing was not new territory for me. Um, what was new territory was D&D 5th edition because, and, and really all D&D since AD&D because I uh, took up the game back in the first edition days. And at that time, largely drifted away from Dungeons and Dragons into other role-playing games and didn't come back to D&D &D until shortly after fifth edition came out when my wife wanted me to uh, DM a game for her and some of her coworkers. And so the genesis of it was a combination of wanting to get back into writing as regular practice and figuring that a blog was a good way to do that and um, uh, and also having um, played the uh, um, uh, played the first couple of encounters of Lost Mine of Fandelver, and um, coming to the realization that there was there was something missing in the fights that hmm. I wasn't really sure that I was. Um, 
running the goblins in a way that really made them feel like goblins mm -hmm. and thinking I needed to do something about that. And so going to do a close read of the stat block to try to figure out what, if anything, I was missing. And that exercise, um, now I've repeated about 500 times and <laughs> put between hard covers. <laughs> Yeah, what do you what do you play just out of curiosity when you moved away from right. from D and D and AD and D? What what did you end up getting into? The 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 one that um the one that I stuck with uh initially was um Shadowrun. Shadowrun first edition and then Shadowrun second edition. And um the um then I didn't play at all for quite a while. And uh when I returned to role-playing gaming, it was through GURPS third edition, which some oh, friends of mine yeah. were, uh, were running a fantasy campaign in. And, uh, and GURPS held my attention for a while because I liked, I liked the fact that it wasn't class bound. I liked the, um, I liked the way you could just, mash up any genre you wanted into your campaign and and run a game using its rules um, that it wasn't bound to any one kind of uh, setting or genre. Um, but when I came back to D&D with the fifth edition, I recognized that it had changed in what I perceived to be some very positive ways. And um, my group's my groups that I play with have remained enthusiastic about it. And so um, it's been, it's been my focus now for the last uh, seven years. Wow. Do, do you ever get to play or are you all a stuck DM? Uh, I, I have been the forever DM, but uh, recently a friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine who actually uh, was uh, my first dungeon master. Um, um started running another game that I get to play in. And so um, I play um, two nights a week. And um, I mean, it, it, you know, they're, they're short sessions. They're yeah. only like two, two and a half hours because we're all middle-aged working people. Right. But um, <laughs> some of us with kids. Yeah. But um, so I, I'm playing in four campaigns all together DMing wow. three of them and uh, playing in one. Um, so we we alternate weeks and we have them going on on two different days. So tonight is actually the night that I get to play rather than DM. Nice. And then, uh, That's cool. Tomorrow night I'm behind the screen again. And mm -hmm. next week, both nights I'm behind the screen. So silly question, because we want to talk deeper. But um, when you're playing, what's the character? Who do you play? Um, okay. So, uh, since the beginning of fifth edition, um, I have played a, a human alchemist. Um, I wanted, I, I wanted to play alchemist because I wanted to, I wanted to, it was, it was experimental really. I wanted mm -hmm. to see if I could create an alchemist that really felt like an alchemist using the uh, using the um, uh, the the recent rules, and uh, because when I had play tested it with unearthed arcana, I really did not feel like there was any way to make the artificer mm -hmm. feel like an alchemist, mm -hmm. and so um, when the new published rules came out with Eberron rising from the last war, I thought. Uh, okay, let's see what they've changed. Let's see if now it's doable. And it's somewhat more doable, although I still feel like Alchemist is kind of shoehorned into the Artificer class um, and is not a, as natural a fit as the other subclasses are. Um, but so uh, I played a, a human Artificer um, with the Alchemist um, bent. Hadn't quite gotten to third level, so it wasn't officially the Alchemist subclass, but that was mm -hmm. the direction I was going with mm -hmm. him. And then in this recent campaign, Julian's campaign, um, I started off playing an Aladrin fighter and was having loads of fun with him until I literally got one hit killed 
by a uh, by a monster. It's like, well, R.I.P. Laurenar, you did not live to tell the tale. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the 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 trouble was he's an Aladrin, and he had the summer season on him. He was he was feeling his beans, and um, and so he was making some decisions that were decidedly non-optimal for him yeah but he was doing them because that was the season that was upon him you know that's one of the quirks of playing an aladrin is is whatever your season is that's governing your mood and it's governing your decisions plus wisdom was his dump stat so you know um (laughs) so uh now uh his his successor i'm playing a kenku druid um, the idea behind which the, the high concept for the Kenku Druid, uh, was that by learning to assume the forms of other animals, he could finally regain the ability to fly. Hmm. Interesting. Jeez. I'm honestly just so selfishly pleased that you of all people can still get killed as a PC that it gives some oh, of us, yeah. it gives some of us hope. <laughs> especially when you're when when your friend isn't dming for you yeah well my my chance you know what though the thing is he and i have been friends for Mm -hmm. so so many years and we've both been on both sides of the screen Mm -hmm. and so he was like well okay this is the result of what you did and i'm like okay that's the result yeah. of what i did you Good know and yeah. and so i i totally took it in stride as much as i enjoyed that character that i had created maybe i'll maybe i'll bring him back for something else someday um but it did not hurt my feelings to yeah. to lose that character because i knew the job was dangerous when i took it <laughs> and uh, and i learned something from that encounter which is that my old friend will throw a completely unbalanced monster at us and we just have to use our judgment and, and, you know, be able to uh, be able to decide whether the challenge that we are about to bite off is one we can chew. Um, You know, so that has, that has flavored now how I'm thinking about that (laughs) campaign. I'm definitely, uh, um gonna gonna be a more cautious going forward <laughs> that's funny um, yes laure and our alas is not going to be more cautious going no. forward because he has lost the upper half of his head <laughs> so <laughs> he's not going to be doing anything from this that's, point forward no that's hilarious <laughs> he lost his mind i'm i'm curious given i mean given you know your deep dive into so much of of the monsters and in the books and obviously the lore. If you had your druthers, are there any direction specific or high concept you would love to see D and D go in like, you know, future monster sets, future changes to the mechanic, future settings. You know, if, if you could say, Hey, do this, where would you like to see him go? You know uh, I don't talk about that very much. And in large part, the reason is I, I have hit upon something with my writing that people really enjoy and they, mm-hmm. they you know, eat up and, and that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very glad to be able to provide this service to players. Um, but the, the directions that I would like to see the game go, mm-hmm. I know for a fact are entirely at odds with what direction the player base as a whole would like to see the game go in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, you know what, just make it what you want to make it. I'll come along for the ride. Yeah. Um, The the kinds of choices I would make, I know they're not, they wouldn't be popular choices. Yeah. So I don't sweat it. Yeah. Um, You know, you know, you've, you've had a heck of a ride too. I mean, you're, you're writing these wonderful books on, monsters in D, which up until a few years ago was still esoteric to most of the public and now you know i can i mean we can both stop in our local barnes noble and they probably have a couple copies of one or more of your books which mm-hmm. given the niche is i mean what incredible success Keith. 
Well, yeah, thank you. And uh, that's one of the benefits of, of trade publishing and trade distribution as opposed yeah. to distributing solely through the game industry. Yeah. Um, because I because I am published by a mm-hmm. trade publisher and a large one, um, they can get my book into my books yeah. into all kinds of places. Yeah. And um it's uh it's I, I have been very, very, very lucky. And I don't pretend, I don't make any bones that um I am I am more deserving of that good luck than a lot of other people. Uh, it was luck. I mean, and and part of the luck was of my making, you know, in that I'm a good writer and I put my writing out where people could find it. And one of the people mm-hmm. who found it was an acquiring editor. Um, okay. But there are lots yeah. and lots of people who are just as talented as I am, mm-hmm. um, who are just as good writers, who are probably more prolific than I am mm-hmm. and who, for whatever reason, just haven't been found in that way and, and haven't gotten that opportunity. So from, from that mm. perspective, um, it really is luck. And I, I wish that all the other people who are out there uh, waiting for a break like that could, could get that break as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, go ahead, Brad. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to ask, I, again, not to, not to have you uh, looking uncomfortably forward, but it certainly looks like Wizards is going to continue to release book after book after book. One hopes so, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you do you hope to have another book or books plural in you? Um, well, I've got one coming out in December already. Uh, that one is pretty much in the can. Uh, it's called How to Defend Your Lair, oh. and uh, I, I, I'm. Uh, uh, I'm wandering off a little bit from my previous formula of, of simply analyzing the rules and recommending to people what yeah. to do with them. And I'm uh, venturing more into um, taking real world principles of uh, building security and area defense and saying, okay, now how would you design a lair, a monster lair or an NPC lair using these principles um so that so that they you know they are really trying to defend whatever it is they're trying to defend and uh so that's uh it was scheduled for october um supply Mm -hmm. chain again yep Yep. uh it's been bumped to december 6th um but i'm i'm really excited about this one because um it kicked my butt to write but the results are a lot of fun. When I, when I can get a little bit of distance from the book itself and just look back at what I wrote, I can say, Oh yeah, this is, this is some fun. Um, And I'm going to be previewing and showcasing parts of it uh, over the coming year. Um, After that, I haven't really planned that far ahead. I def I'm, I'm, (laughs) I'm waiting on some art to get my uh, blog redesigned visually. Oh, nice. And yeah. uh, as soon as I've got that in hand, um, I'm going to start posting material on the blog again, because oh. it's been too long. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm definitely going to try to play catch up with some of the things that have come out. Like, um, um, you know, I, I still have to finish Eberron. Um, after that, people had wanted me to look at Theros, um, and then even since then, we've got Ravenloft, we've got right. Fizbins, we've got um, Strixhaven. Yeah. So there's a lot. Uh, there's there's a lot for me to <laughs> chew on um, coming up, and uh, I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be focusing mainly on that for a while. I think. Okay. Do you ever have the itch to write about those? You know, Shadowrun or any of those other games as you know, I've been very detached from them for a while now. And honestly, I think um, I think GURPS, as much as I loved it 10, 20 years ago, um, I, at this point, I think it is a little past its prime. Mm-hmm. The, the trends in role-playing game design have gone um, in a direction that is very different from full-on embrace the crunch 
yes. uh, which, which GURPS was mm-hmm. and um, more into um, try to get as much narrative bang as you can get out of a simpler rule set yeah. and, and you, and, and create rules that can be more broadly applied to many, many different things, as opposed to trying to come up with a specific rule for every specific case, which was very much the GURPS approach. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So as as kind of a uh, side thing, I've been trying to figure out what is the most natural successor to GURPS at this point? What system lends itself to... um, using with um, a multitude of different genres or a mashup of genres. And uh, I still haven't answered that question fully to my own satisfaction. Um, I've looked at Savage Worlds. I've looked at the Cypher system. I've glanced at Fate. Mm-hmm. Um, I... Uh, I would like to look at Cortex Prime, but for oh. some reason, they require you to use a Google or Facebook login just to buy anything from them. So, Ooh. yeah. Uh, yeah. So that I haven't bothered with that. No. Kind of questionable decision there. Um, so I don't know. Maybe, maybe eventually I'll find it and uh, have new adventures in that direction around the road. But the fact is that Dungeons and Dragons is the 800 pound gorilla in the market. And if you write a trade book about Dungeons and Dragons, there are people who will buy it. And if you write a trade book about fate or the cipher system, that is probably not going to gain purchase. Yeah. 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 Um, So, so any continued writing I do, either will focus on D&D or will be broadly applicable to all role-playing gaming and how to defend your lair. All the scenarios are presented yeah. as fifth edition D&D scenarios. Yeah. Um, but unlike the Monsters Know and More right. Monsters and Live to Tell, um, there will be quite a bit in how to defend your lair that you could use with any system you wanted yeah. to. Yeah, that sounds fascinating. I I've already made the note so that I can watch it for pre-order. Um, that oh my god, that just sounds so much fun. It, I I hesitate to ask this. I'll find out when I pre-order. Um, thicker or thinner? This one's in between Live okay. to Tell and the Monster yeah. Books. Okay, yeah. that's that's ideal. Good. Okay. <laughs> it, it, well, there's a reality. I mean, monsters and more monsters. I'm a pretty quick reader, but I think more, and it, it, it was a busy month last month, but it took me an even month to go through more monsters just because, mm-hmm. you know, you want to do it justice because there's so much in there and I just read it cover to cover. It's fascinating. And, and there are people who do. And, and if, you know, if there are people who enjoy doing that, that's great. I think of them more as reference books that you turn to when you need to. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I would like them to be enjoyably written reference books, but yes. I think of them as, yeah. as reference books. Like not many people just read the encyclopedia and yeah, this is I sort of an, and, and, you know, too. a monster yeah. encyclopedia. Yeah. Um, I, I but, have a problem, uh, but it's, yeah, but I how to defend it. your lair yeah. is definitely much more designed to be read beginning to end. Yeah. Yeah. Jason, much like, read, Jason reads the encyclopedia. So I used to out. as a kid. I mean, you know, remember <laughs> in the, in the pre hypertext days when you actually right. had to go from volume to volume, you I know, know, my parents would come home and I'd have a sad, tall stack mm-hmm. right next to the couch. Cause I just geeked out and now I can just lose all those hours online. Yay. Yay. Internet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to. I do have to comment before we go. This yeah. is more of a comment that that our wives, when we talk about this, I don't know if you ever watched Big Bang Theory, Keith, but they joke. Jason's wife especially jokes yeah, especially that when opinion. we go downstairs, we're doing fun with flags. Yeah. She doesn't really know or yeah. has a lot of interest in what we're doing here. And the same <laughs> thing with my wife. So if you have if you have a, a, a spouse that is wanted you to come and actually DM a game, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Bless you. Oh, yeah, what, what's even cooler is that uh, she did all of the illustrations oh, for the monsters. No, you're kidding. More monsters. Oh. No, I'm not. Yeah. Oh, I love the illustrations in those books. Thank you. I'll tell her. Please. No, I mean, I, I, I say that seriously because it, 
they are just so engrossing and fun and funny. They make, I think, what could otherwise be a little off-putting that much more engaging. Oh, that's so cool. So she gets half of the royalties then, right? That's how it works? <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Okay. But, um... <laughs> oh, what a, that's just, that's neat. That's really lovely that you can do that together. That's, that's, that's really exceptionally lovely. Keith, thank you so much for taking a little time with us. We've really been looking forward to meeting you and chatting with you. Um, really appreciate you finding the time and, and just geeking out a little bit about your books. Well, thank you for inviting me. We'd love to have you back if it's all right once uh, once you once it publishes the new How did you send your layer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Great. All right. Well, I, like I said before the interview, um, and Keith reinforced it. Um, this is material. His books, especially the, the monsters and more monsters, I think are um, required bookshelf material. Yes. If you want to play monsters and such in a way that um, goes with their stats and, and what you expect his behavior and what he indicates, um, you can't go wrong by having them. And you don't have to, like he said, he, uh, it's a good read, but if all you do is use them as encyclopedias to yeah. really enrich um, the game as a DM, yep. you can't go wrong. When, when I eventually create that game for you with you as a bard, uh, I, and, and know what the NPCs are going to be, I will be going to Keith's books oh, to yeah. make sure that I'm thinking of them correctly. And, and, you know, we'll just, we'll just, we'll just start to wrap this up um, by saying these books are a bit different than everything else out there. Uh, They're, you know, we, we've talked to some, some wonderful creative writers uh, this past year and more on that in the near future, but we have, and uh, and they're producing such wonderful stuff around D&D and other games. But what Keith is doing is sort of fundamentally different. And so, you know, if you've read a lot of D&D, et cetera, uh, rest assured, Keith's books are going to be valuable in a, in a pretty funky, unique way. And th- that, that being said, um, normally we would jump over to a GM corner, but... Um, this is episode 44. Um, next episode is 45. Your math is unassailable. Yep. And that, well, it's because I'm looking at our, our tracking sheet that you keep very well organized. Um, next week, episode 45 is our one year anniversary. In, In fact, it uh, to our our surprise and pleasure, it it literally falls as a, as yeah. a coincidence. It it just happens to fall to the day on the release of our first episode one year later. Yep, and so we are almost hitting our stride. Almost um, by episode forty six, we will be. And if you still haven't figured out why we say it that way, then come back then for forty six. Forty six, and we'll explain it. Yes. Um, but. Um, we're, we're not going to give anything away. I'm definitely not going to give something away on this because this one was a big one for us. Um, we are going to have, we've had, you know, we have had a phenomenal group. I struggle with this. I don't know how, um, people who do interviews of writers, celebrities, and all that, um, can do it all the time, just because every one of them we've had going back from Shelly to today with Keith, Mm -hmm. All of them have been worth it. I mm. can't pick one over another. They have all brought something different to the table over the past year. That's why we switched our format yep. to be yep. interview focused. Yep. So um, that being said, next week's episode, our one year anniversary, this one was a, a bit of a personal one for us. It was. Yep. Um, uh, and and it's going to go long. We're going to it, just warn everybody. We're going to go yeah. long next week for our one year and and it's one it's because of our one year and two because it's a long interview it's a long interview and we could have kept going so mm-hmm. that's as far as we'll go and what we've talked about talk about it so episode 45 don't miss it we'll, episode 46 oh go ahead go ahead no, no no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say with 46 when we hit our stride mm-hmm. we're gonna do a kind of a retrospective and look yep. back on the year 
Because mm-hmm. we're in between, 46 is in between blocks of interviews. Yep. And um, we'll talk a bit about what's upcoming. And we're going to double down on on the fact that this podcast, that Dyson Mind, was intended to and remains focused on a middle-aged professional uh, group of creators and listeners who who love this stuff because of of how it informs real life and vice versa. So we're gonna we're gonna go deep on that one. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the next the next two episodes, um, if you know if this is your first one listening to us, um, please come back. Mm-hmm. I think they are going to be well worth it in terms of the material and the discussion. And I cannot overstress it. Jason knows that I'm going to try to tease something. I'm about to do it. Too, said, so. Okay. Well, I'm not going to, I'll let you okay. do it. Um, but this one, um, this interview. Um, next week. Yep. Next week. Man. Oh man. Yeah. It, this is one where I was, I've been excited about all of them going back to Nami, going back to Malcolm oh Kelly, going all the way back to Shelly and, and but Jeff Ashworth. And- next week, just to put it in perspective, if I may. Mm-hmm. So we actually recorded the interview for next week. Our bad, almost two months before the interview will drop yeah. to put it in perspective. This one was so impactful for us that we have talked about this individual and this game and this world almost daily since the interview. Yeah. It's changed. It's changed multiple things for us and, yes, and, yes. and not, not how we, you know, not how we eat, not how we interact with our wives. Sorry. Sorry. Future oh. interviewee. But, um, but in terms of our, our kind of our direction, we want to go with RPGing. Yeah, um, it, this, this really changed it. You'll see that, and we'll talk about it in forty six after episode. 45. Yes, yes. So let's let's just close. Yeah, by by saying simply, we always appreciate all of you being here with us. If you like what we're doing, tell your friends. If you don't like what we're doing, totally keep it to yourself. Bury tell that your friends deep, deep that down. I didn't. Tell your friends I didn't give anything away for forty five. Jason was expecting it. I didn't yeah. do it. Nope, that I, 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 it's like cats and dogs. Um, uh, that's a bit of a hint for 46. Uh, we'll just say as we close out here, uh, thank you for everything for sticking with us as we approach our one year mark. Uh, be well, stay well. Listening next week would only be logical. <laughs> <laughs>